We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold. Uh, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for NinersNation.com. Uh, with me tonight is the same guy that's with me every night, my partner in crime, uh, my co-host, my, be- my best friend, Eric Crocker. What's going on, buddy? What's up, man? How are you doing? I'm good, bro. I'm just kicking back. I'm actually trying to report, record a podcast while laying down right now. Usually oh, I, don't, I like to like sit up or pace or something like, so I'm laying down. We'll see how I do pace. How, how do you, how do you do that? Like I kind of just wander around, you know, like I just wander around and do things. I, I have know. like this thing where I like talking on the phone. My wife kind of gets annoyed by it, but I can't sit in the house and talk on the phone. Like I always have to like go outside and like <laughs> walk, walk around. I have no idea why, but. That's kind of what I do, but just inside. Like I'm like like a an animal in captivity. Like I just walk in like these patterns, and, <laughs> and I just walk around, and then I just talk about the 49ers. So yeah. it's probably weird, but it's all good. Sounds fun. A lot, a lot more fun when you're uh, five and zero. Right, right, yep. And uh, every time I start this podcast up, it's like we've got another win to talk about. It, you yeah. know, it's five of them in a row for the first time since 1990. I was five years old. Uh, just a little 49ers fan. And I think that it's fair to say this was the 49ers most impressive win of the season. 
they it was their first divisional matchup against the Los Angeles Rams, uh, defending NFC Championship team, and it was not close. Uh, not. It's hard to say this, you know, the NFL games can change so quickly, but it's not even as close as the uh, the 20 to 7 score would indicate. Uh, the 49ers gave the ball up a couple times when they were about to score. So it, it really realistically, and this is how every game plays out, but it could have been, you know, 27, 34 to 7, because while the 49ers had their problems on offense, if there was one thing that was for sure, the Rams were not moving the ball, period. No not moving the ball. And one thing that I need to bring up right here, because y'all need to know this um, in the second quarter, the Rams drove down all the way down the field. It ended up on the San Francisco's one. I think it was all the way down the field. I can't remember how they came up on the ball. Um, 49ers said to punt Rams got it. They drove all the way down to San Francisco's one yard line and they got stopped on fourth down Tried to run right down the middle, uh, right into DeForest Buckner, and and it didn't work out for him. Robert Sala, defensive coordinator, lost his mind. Okay, so that was in the second quarter with six minutes and 37 seconds left in that quarter before halftime. From that point on, the Rams' drives went for net yards. These, you know, this is including sacks and stuff. Right. Negative seven, negative 15. Negative seven, 19, eight, negative 17, 16, end of the game. Wow. And I believe I'm I'm not a math guy whatsoever, but I just quickly added it up right before we fire this up. And I think that was, I think it ended up being negative two. I'm going to try and add this up real quick. So we got 14 plus that's 29, 19 positive makes that 10. Then you're at eight. So now you're at negative two, but then you're adding negative 17. That's negative 19. And then you add 16. So excuse me, negative three. So for the, from with 637 left in the half. So about two quarters, two and a half quarters of football, the Rams, one of the best offenses in the NFL yardage wise at the very least and, and points uh, couldn't gain a yard. In fact, they lost three. That is just not really something you see in the NFL very often. That's pretty damn dominant. It's it's as dominant as it gets. And you know, that a defense like that, and I you know, I want to knock on wood when I say stuff like that, but a defense like that, that you're getting close to like what is it, the two thousand Ravens? You know? Yeah, it's it's some different stuff, man. And I mean, I'm pretty sure we'll have questions about it, you know, in the mailbag segment, but I was watching it again today, and I'm just like, I don't know what Jared Goff was supposed to do. Right. Like, it's not like he was missing the, the top a of ton his of throws. Yeah, he, he missed some, but it, typically when he missed it, it was because he was getting pressured, moved, moved off of his spot, and that that was more the issue. I think the only time I can recall him – like just missing a throw, and I don't remember if there was pressure or not. Was that last one where kind right, of right. You know, Gerald Everett was wide open? And- yeah, that, that's the only one I can think of where you know it, it, it's it was just him, and I can't even think of right now if there was pass if there was a pass rush on that play. But more times than not, I mean, he he was under some serious duress, and that's some big time stuff by Robert Sala to kind of scheme that up, dial that up, make him uncomfortable, 
and just have his guys just pin their ears back and go, oh, that's especially well, after getting you mean, know the, right. the way the run game went that first that first drive and to be able yeah, to rebound and, say. and, and uh, the Rams the averaged like eight yards of carry on that first drive. Like it looked like it was going to be a long day for the 49ers after that first drive. The Rams didn't throw the football once. They just ran the ball and ran it for eight yards of carry and basically walked into the end zone. And it looked like the 49ers were in for a long day, but that's kind of the mark of a good coordinator period, whether offensive or defensive. Can you adjust on the fly, not during halftime on the fly to what his team is doing and Sala changed things up. Either he changed things up or the 49ers like, or the actual players were like, all right, this, this ain't happening. Um, And I think they averaged like eight yards of carry on that drive. And for the entire rest of the game, they averaged like three, or 3.5, you know, so it was a complete flip of the script from then on out. They didn't, the Rams could, they scored on their very first drive of the game and couldn't, couldn't do anything anymore, which is, well, well, is you know, you think about it uh, again, you know, a big part of some of these teams offenses, especially starting off and why sometimes they just come out with some, some successes. Those first, you know, so many plays are scripted. Right. So, you know, what are you going to do after your scripted plays? How are you going to adjust? And, and I think, um, we saw which team adjusted better. So, right, one hundred percent. Yeah, a lot of teams come out and they and they come out and they look good. I mean, look at the the Lions and the Packers last night, right? Um, the Lions came out first play flea flicker and they were moving the ball up and down the field. They they just had a really nice beginning of the game play script, and then once it kind of got away from that, it was like all of a sudden the the Lions really slowed down. How many points did they score after that first quarter? You know, not, not, right. not many. And I think it was, most of them were field goals after right. that point. You know, they, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I think they all were field goals. <laughs> right. So I think we could talk about the, the, the 49ers went over the Rams for a while, but I think the, the main thing you've got to, you've got to get off, off your chest about that one. It's just an insanely dominant performance by the defense. Like it, it's just, you just, again, you don't see that very often. Um, but today, uh, we've got a special episode for you. Uh, we decided to, uh, throw in Crocker and I have done this before, uh, before the season during training camp, but we're going to throw in a mailbag episode. I put out on Twitter, uh, to send me your questions and we are going to hit these pretty quick because I mean, we're already at eight minutes and we haven't touched a single question yet. And I know, I think I had over 50 questions, which is amazing. Yes. I you guys throwing them out there. Some of them might be duplicates of each other. If it's, if they're close or whatever, we, we, you know, we might say, Oh, we kind of already answered that, but we're going to try and hit all of these. And I already told Crocker before we started recording, um, I'd rather shorten up my answers a little bit and be able to get to all your guys' questions than, uh, you know, kind of elaborate on them for a while. And then all of a sudden people, we never get to their questions. So we're going to fire that up right now. Um, and I, and, some of these questions are going to lead to us talking about the game and, and other things going around the league uh, inevitably. So let me get this. Let me pull this up right here. All right. I got my Twitters. Okay. So here is my, you see where you see where I accidentally put uh, recoding instead of recording. It just was a funny spelling error, but um, right. I think I saw somebody catch that though. I didn't actually like look at the tweet to see what it was, but I, I think I did see someone caught that. All right, so our first question that pops up on my list, and I'm just I've just clicked on my tweet and I'm scrolling down, is from Sean uh, at Bay Sean, who has actually uh, 
works over at Bleacher Report. Uh, him and I have been following each other for a while, so I appreciate you, Sean, for for pitching in here. And and a lot of these uh, Crocker, I mean, not that I don't have an opinion on them, but if they're if they're DB stuff, you can bet you can bet them. I'll pass them on to you just because <laughs> I got that respect. So, right. uh, and this one's uh, along those lines. He said, "Is the secondary playing significantly better? Just a product of the Niners' elite pass rush." Um, if you could go DB DB by DB, that would be cool too. So he's basically just asking is the improved secondary, um, is it a product of the, the pass rush, which I think you could you definitely say it is, but there's more yeah. than that. So, so the, the, the biggest thing to me, like, especially like with, with this scheme and any scheme, he's kind of tailored this scheme it's not really just specifically the seattle cover three scheme that we thought we were going to get with robert Sala. he's kind of changed it up a little bit but you, you need pass rushers because in any zone the the more time a quarterback has back there the more those those zones open up and you get more of those um blown it looks like kind of like blown coverages blown assignments but really it's just the zones kind of expand over time and if you don't have a good pass rush it it end up just being big open void voided areas and we saw that a lot last year and I think the pass rush is getting there so quick right now that teams just don't have enough time for their routes to develop downfield so yeah I'd say the, the the pass rush has a big hand in how well the secondary is playing but not to take anything away from the secondary, I think they're doing extremely well initially um, seeing, you know, reading their keys, being close to guys, and that's making it hard for quarterbacks. Right, and there's so many ripple effects off having a good pass rush. Like, at towards the end of the game, when the Rams were in desperation mode, Sean McVay knows that he can't have these longer routes. Like, they, they're just not going to be there for him. So, you know, when when Jimmy Ward had his had his pass breakup on third and fourth down, they were both short uh, short throws. They were at the sticks. You know, they, they would have moved the sticks, but they just couldn't establish any sort of a deep passing game. And what's funny is, like, <laughs> how quickly this can happen. But on that final play of the Rams drive, when Goff overthrew Everett uh, along the right sideline, uh, that was Richard Sherman in coverage. And, and I think Sherman even said this after the game, but he even like, I think he, he said he already felt like the pass rush was getting there. So he kind of like broke forward to, to kind of just move up or, you know, in case Goff was scrambling. And, and it was, so it was almost like he's already accustomed to how good the 49ers pass rush is. Like he's, he basically thought that the, the Goff didn't have any more time. So he kind of came off his assignment. I thought I ended up reading that somewhere in, in like the post game presser. And, and that's how a tight end, you know, somebody who Sherman wouldn't really have a problem covering uh, came wide open. So it's just funny how quickly you could say the defense or the, the defensive backs have already been spoiled in a way by how good this pass rush is. But that being said, even there's been plenty of times where they're in the right spot at the right time uh, in coverage when even when throws are being made. So it's, you know, it's there hasn't just there just hasn't been a lot of problems with the secondary even outside of the pass rush. So it's been right. good. They're, they're playing well and they're doing their job. And I, and I think that's, you know, when you have the pass rush, that that's that's all you ask for. Just, hey, you guys, well, Richard Sherman said it, right? You cover, I mean, you pass rush, you rush a passer, we cover. You right. rush a passer. And, and that's really, that's what it is. And and they're doing a good job of that. They're, they're playing sound. And, you know, big shout out to Robert Sala. All right. So next we got Jay Book at Jay Novel. Novel. Uh, I, I interact with Jay a lot. He's uh, He's been following me for a while, so I appreciate him. He's addicted him. to peanuts. 
<laughs> is he? I've, yeah. I've never, never met anybody that was addicted to peanuts. Yeah. But, um, and this is definitely a question I can answer, but he said, he asked, thoughts on Adrian Colbert getting released from the Seahawks practice squad and attending the 49ers game versus the 49ers versus Rams game with 49er fans. And then he says at the end, I personally love the kid. Um, I could talk a lot about this. I know I, I said, we're going to try and be quick. So I want to try and be quick, but um, I consider uh, Adrian and I good friends. Uh, we've been playing Xbox together for a while. Um, I, you know, I got to meet him at the, the 49ers training camp and uh, he's just a really good dude. Uh, you know, you never know what you're going to get in an NFL player and, and, and just how their personality is going to affect your view of them. But they don't get much better than than Colbert. And he's told me many times that he just no matter where he goes in his career, he's always going to have an affection for, for for the 49ers and 49ers fans uh, just for the fact that the fans always embraced him um, so well. And it was the team that drafted him. It's, you know, it's kind of like your first love type of deal. Right. So he, no matter where he goes and no matter what happens, uh, I know that he personally doesn't expect to get re-signed by the 49ers. Um, and I'm not sure this has gotten out there yet, but I, I'm pretty sure he's headed back to the Seahawks practice squad because they had to, they had to, they got promoted to the active roster and they, uh, they released him a couple days ago. And I'm pretty sure he's headed back to the Seahawks practice squad. Um, but no matter where the guy goes, I, he might've already done it. It's been tough to keep up with, uh, with Twitter these days, but he's always going to love 49er fans. He said that somebody told him like it might've been his, his agent or somebody, uh, told him that it probably wasn't a good idea to be in a 49ers uniform, going to 49ers game, celebrating with fans. And he, uh, for lack of a better term, doesn't give a shit. Because <laughs> he loves the 49ers and he loves the fans. And uh, if, there's, if there's anybody, if you're ever, you know, that's, I know it's tough for 49ers fans to support somebody from the Seahawks, but trust me, he's, he has nothing but love for the red and gold and, and he loves everything about the 49ers. And it's just, it's awesome for him because he has so many friends on this team and he's getting to watch them succeed. You know, I'm sure he, he misses the fact that he's not here, but he's nothing but happy for the 49ers and their success. And it's, it's been cool to see him root for the team despite being released. You know, that takes a, a big person and uh, it's that right there should clue you into the type of person that, that Colbert is. And, and I'm glad that I get to uh, interact with him so often, but yeah, real, real quick, as much as um, 49 fans hate the Seahawks, I saw a lot of love for him, um, even signing with the Seahawks practice squad where a lot of people were saying, man, you know, good luck over there and, you know, hope all is well and like everything like that. So it, it was, um, I, I think that might be why he has a lot of respect for the Niner fans as well, because yeah, they, they showed a lot of love and respect even after signing with the Seahawks, which I thought was like, I, I was surprised to see that. Right. And, 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 and that mattered a lot to him. And, you know, he's a, he's definitely a guy that's on social media. He checks social media. He's not just, you know, he doesn't get no, I, I try to tell fans all the time, all these dudes, they, they check their, their social media. They see right. everything. Did you hear that? Um, I know this might be off, off topic and we have to get through stuff, but did you hear um, Grant Cohn's story about uh, his, his uh, interaction with him and Dante Pettis? I, I saw it unfold on Twitter. I haven't heard any stories about it, you know, like anything going beyond the inter their oh, interaction. No, there was an interaction in the locker room. Yeah, no, no. I saw, okay, I saw on Twitter where Dante and Grant were talking about their con their interaction in the locker room. 
you know, how the situation went down. And obviously they didn't necessarily agree with, with what was said and what actually happened, but you know, that that's definitely a good example of somebody reading what you're going to say about them. Yeah. So yeah, they, they, they read what you put, but okay, go ahead. Yeah. The, 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 the football players, I tell people all the time, um, even when I got to the NFL, that was the first thing I noticed that the the NFL players, they're just like us. They just have more money. <laughs> that's right. that's right. it. Right. And and really, probably a lot of our listeners, you know, in the Silicon Valley, they might make m- more money than a lot of these football players. So um, they're just like you and I. They they have the same type of feelings. They care about things. They care about what people are saying about them. So yeah, they 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 see all that stuff. Right. And, and so, yeah, that's just a lesson. And, and in my opinion, there's nothing worse than somebody that'll add a player to talk smack. Like, don't do that. Uh, yeah. I hate that. Don't I do that. that. Like these guys wouldn't have made it to that level without holding themselves to their own level of accountability. They don't need your lazy ass sitting at home on a keyboard or on your phone telling a player what he should be doing because they already right. know that 10 times over. They've had a, a, their fellow players tell them that they've had their coaches telling them that, you know, plenty of friends and family throughout the league, whatever you got, they already know what you're telling them. So just chill out, you know, let these dudes go about their career in peace. But anyways, we're moving on, we're moving on. Okay. Next of the guys, uh, this is from max at point spread max. Uh, that's a good at, um, a good handle of the guys eligible to return from IR and assuming Trent Taylor will be one of the two who comes back. Who do you think will be the second guy? Okay. So I pulled up Nick Wagner ESPN's tweet. He's got, he made a a nice little list. So of those that can come back from IR, we have defensive lineman Contavious street. We have Trent Taylor who kind of in the question said he's already, he figures he's going to come back. We have wide receiver Jalen Hurd. And we have cornerback Jason Verrett, and I believe that's it. They have, uh, yeah, Taylor Hurd, Street Verrett. And there's also Garrett Selleck, but they have to make a decision on him, whether to put him on injured reserve, release him, because he's had that back surgery. So he's in a weird spot right now. He's in the PUP list. So so we got Taylor, Hurd, Street, and Verrett. What do you think, Croc? Um, you I think Taylor – I think Taylor, like he said, is like the no-brainer. Um, but you know, I'm gonna something scared me the other day, and it was seeing Dante Johnson out there. And I know most people probably want to see Jalen Hurt, which I would love to see Jalen Hurt. But if there were one guy that I felt maybe needed just a little bit more time and could kind of get it together and have and just you know have a role on his team. Um, I would say Jason Verrett. And I know his outing for those couple of reps were kind of rough. Um, but I, I I still, I think that he's better than that. You know, and I saw right. him better than that in training camp. We both did. We were there. He, he was much better than that. So um, I'm kind of going to go off of what I saw during training camp. And I'm going to say Taylor, who really, I think the 49ers are really missing him in the passing game. And, um, They've turned George Kittle into a possession tight end. And I think he's doing a lot of the things that Trent Taylor would typically be doing. 100%, especially with, you know, both of their starting tackles down and the fact that the 49ers are relying on that short passing game and they're getting the ball out quick. That would be – Trent Taylor would be catching like five to ten passes a game. Yeah, I think – If you were playing right now. 
Yeah, that's something that's kind of being a little bit overlooked. And I've been a guy too that was like, man, I wish we had like a guy in here, you know, go get somebody. Uh, and I'm pretty sure a question to come up about that. So I won't go into it too much. But um, Trent Taylor was the guy all training camp. And it was really a shock to see him. Um, he really was the guy to, too. Like I, yeah, don't, he, he I wish fans could have seen that. And some of them did that, that attended it, but he was the guy. He was like yeah. a number one wideout, which you wouldn't, you know, wouldn't expect from somebody like taylor but as far as like targets and production the dude was all over the place and i wanted it to be uh i wanted it to be debo i wanted it to be pettis because you know their ceilings are so much higher um just with their you know breakaway speed and all that and the physicality of debo but now trent taylor was the guy and i think our offense is really missing him he probably have right now i'd say probably like seven eight catches a game yeah. in his role and how they were using him all throughout training camp. But right. um, yeah, those are my two guys, um, Trent Taylor and Jason Verrett, who I, I think Jason Verrett is better than what we saw. And I think I'd probably go with the same two. I, I, th- I think Jalen Hurd's a good, you know, obviously he's an obvious one, but at the, obviously he's an obvious one. This is, this is me. I speak <laughs> English. Um, Come on. Teacher. At the same time. Hey, I teach art, bro. <laughs> uh, at the same time, dude, if he's got a back fracture or whatever they're calling it, give him time. And, and, yeah. and given Jalen Hurd's inexperience at wide receiver, he really only played a position for a year. Uh, why not just give him time to take it all in? You know what I mean? He'll be, uh, you know, he'll be healthy. And then what the, and what we're saying here is that he doesn't come back this season and he's not even, he's not eligible to come back until November 24th versus green Bay anyways, which is pretty late in the season. Uh, you know, so it's, could he come in and contribute to whatever playoff push the 49ers are hoping to achieve? Maybe, but he's already inexperienced. You know, I just don't see it as a huge setback if he, if he doesn't come back because one, he gets healthy uh, Two, and he, no matter what, when he gets on the football field, he's going to be physical. So you want him to be healthy and you get some more depth at cornerback. And like Crocker said, don't judge for on those two reps. He just, you know, they went right out. He was after. better in training camp. Please right. take my word for it. He he was much better than that. And Taylor is like like Max said is the obvious choice. He was he was that good. Okay, trust us, trust us. So, moving on here, let me see here. We have um, at Hurricane Heck. Should the Niners go all in or play it cool in regards to trades? Oh, man, it's that's that's a tough question, especially when the biggest trade piece just got got dealt today, which was Jaguars cornerback Jalen Ramsey. If you hadn't heard, uh, he's on the Rams now. He's in the division. Uh, he got traded the Rams for two first round picks and a fourth round pick. So there was no bluffing going on when it came to the Jaguars asking price because the Rams paid that and more. And I don't know what other trades the Ram has have made. Somebody. Somebody tweeted, I think it was Kevin, who and Kevin's a smart guy, but said something about the Rams not having a first round pick for like the next like four or five years. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I saw that. I saw that. Uh, I don't. I didn't know. Don't remember them making any other trades to deal other first round picks, but like, you know, that's 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 costly. So should the Niners go all in or play it cool in trades? <sighs> it's tough, man, because this team has something special right now. You know, they're and they're they're gelling together. You know, do you want to throw another piece into the mix? 
when they're really just, you know, there's, there's only really a couple spots, you know, offensive line, you might be able to upgrade somewhere in there, you know, receiver, you might be able to throw another player into the mix. There's some, definitely some veteran guys. You could probably pry away from some teams. Uh, the secondary is playing pretty well. You know, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, obviously a, a Jalen Ramsey would be an upgrade and the 49ers all of a sudden are in the conversation of maybe they are one player away. I wouldn't have said that to start the season. I must say the 49ers have plenty of pieces that they still need to acquire. So, you know, be careful with the big deals. But now maybe you're looking at a team that feels like they're one player away. See, I never, I never yeah. like bought into the whole like one player away thing. It's like, well, what, is, what does that mean? It means <laughs> your, your number two corner sucks. So you need Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> you know, but. So my thing with, with, with trading or, you know, are the 49ers going to trade to acquire somebody? Um, my stance on it hasn't changed. I I, I say yes. Um, now, it sucks because we're not going to be able to see Trent Taylor before the trade deadline to see if he would have made that big of an impact. Um, but, I mean, I've been all in on acquiring A.J. Green, and I hear some people, I, I get it. He's older. He's 31 years old right now. Um, he's coming off of an injury. Um, he's had his injury issues. But... I think that, you know, when you talk about something that the 49ers have, which is special right now, and it is, this is a special year. And I think we need to look at it as such. I think we've been taking it like kind of one game at a time and stuff. But I think at this, at this moment now, the 49ers have an opportunity to really do something special here. And the last thing I would hate is again, a situation like what we saw with um, Alex Smith in, in the playoffs with Brett Swain and Michael Crabtree getting one catch in the NFC Championship game. Now, obviously, I think our receivers are better than that, but do we have that guy to kind of take a little bit off of Kittle's plate to where we can free him up to do other things? And even when uh, uh, Trent Taylor comes back, you know, he can kind of do his thing. And, and now we can have more of just a specific role for Debo Samuel. And, you know, I just think that bringing in a guy, especially like A.J. Green, who's a who's a veteran, and I think even coming into the locker room, I think he'll be somebody that's, like, very well-respected. Um, and I think people will kind of automatically, like, kind of uh, – what's, what's the word I'm looking for? I think they'll be fine with it, <laughs> pretty much. I, I think – the, the the team the team will be fine with acquiring somebody like AJ Green because they know hey, we're in this to win it all. And I think right now, 49ers, they're in a position to to have that mindset. You know, why why not? I agree. And, and that's how I look at it now. Yeah, no, I I before I, it was before like taking yeah. my game and okay, we'll see. And you know, uh, but now it's like, nah, you, you do something about this receiver position because each week is it, just looking like yeah, there, there might be a game or two where somebody goes off, but I, I just feel like that's not something that we will constantly see. I think we'll see what we've been seeing more times than not where you look at that stat sheet and you see three catches for 18 yards, four catches for 45 yards, and that's a good game from Dante Pettis. <laughs> it's true, and, and you know, I, I don't think anybody needs to convince Kyle Shanahan what he – what you know he just left julio jones so he knows what a guy like that can give to the give to his team and especially after that crazy uh circus catch julio made to put the put the ram or excuse me put the falcons onto the uh you know the patriots side of the field what many people thought should have been the catch that ended the game 
you know, and, oh, and yeah. that was, you talking on the sideline where he right. like toe tapped, he like, he ran yeah, like his Julio funny. route where he starts a post and then breaks out. He runs that route better than anybody. Like, in the jumped over NFL. The yeah. And, and it was a, an amazing catch. And at that point, everybody felt like Shanahan should just uh, run the ball out and stuff. But a lot of stuff happened to where he didn't really have, you know, there was like a penalty and, you know, it was, it was crazy, but yeah. anyways, so yeah. we're acquiring right <laughs> get it get it but uh all right so uh we need to start firing through these pretty uh, a lot quicker and this question is not one that's going to be should be fired through quickly we got cody butler he says as the roster sits now what do you think the offseason priorities in both free agency and the draft will be free agents to resign free agents to target uh positions to target earlier in the draft so what i'm going to do is i'm going to narrow those down to positions to target earlier in the draft because we can't talk about all that but i could do it well, we don't even know. I, I haven't even looked at who's going to be a free agent right or anything like that so yeah we, we won't even talk about that we we can just maybe talk about some guys who you will resign um real quick and and um before we get to the draft guys because you know free agency is first so i would say like it sucks, but gosh, I would love to see Eric Armstead stay. He yep. might not be able to just because of money, but he's been playing at an extremely high level. Um, outside really of him, I, I can't think of any. Oh, uh, Jimmy Ward. There might be a way where you just have to re-sign him. I mean, he's your starting free safety f- forever <laughs> throughout this whole tenure. Um, yeah, but I, I think that would be a guy I kind of focused on trying to resign. It would be funny if the, if the 49ers just kept re-signing Jimmy Ward to one-year deals and he would get hurt and he'll miss like five or six games, but then he'll be really <laughs> good in the other games. No, that, that, that really wouldn't be funny. It's, no, I mean, it would be a little bit, but more that that funny where you're laughing <laughs> because it's so frustrating. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Crocker already really hit the free agents resign. I don't know if any of the offensive linemen are slated to be free agents, whether that's Mike Person or Lakin Tomlinson. I don't think so. I think they they get to keep all those guys around. Um, but if any, I I know they're keeping Person around. I don't know when Tomlinson's contract's up, but I definitely would keep him around. He's been good. Like whatever happened with him in Detroit, Tomlinson's been good for the 49ers. He's been reliable at the very least. So and that and that's saying a lot for an offensive lineman at this stage because the league's kind of in an offensive lineman drought right now. Um, right. A free agents to target. I don't know. I, I don't know who's about to become a free agency. If when it says when he asks positions to t- positions to target early in the draft, the things that come to mind is uh, a corner, uh, a younger corner that might be behind Richard Sherman for a season. You know, it's whatever, you know, competing with Witherspoon for that number two spot, Uh, a a young offensive lineman, uh, maybe somewhere along the interior. That doesn't necessarily have to be in the first round or something like that. Um, And then, I, you know, I'd like to see them give receiver another look. Uh, You know, they might might be able to add someone to running back. They've got a lot of good guys there, but, you know, eventually, I don't know. There's there's a lot of ways they could go. But I, I really have no idea because coming into this season, I really liked our roster. So I, I'm not even sure where I would go to kind of like right. improve it. It is not a set roster, but I think if you compare it to other teams, um, it's definitely not bad. I, I think we are just missing a receiver, but we might have that guy that develops into that on the roster. Now I, I really believe in um, definitely Debo Samuel. I mean, Jalen Hurd. We, we have guys that we just don't know. 100% who they are, what they are, what they're going to be moving forward. So I would really probably wouldn't go the receiver route. Um, I, I think the only place where I'd say like, man, we can really improve there. Probably right guard. 
<laughs> right, right. Because Person's kind of a veteran guy, but or running uh, back because I really like Swift, DeAndre Swift from Georgia. But it's like, dang, I mean, we don't need to draft a running back high because of the guys, you know, that we have. They're all undrafted and they're lighting it up. And but DeAndre Swift, he's a guy where you really don't have to take him off the field. But you know, um, I, I spoke a lot about free agent signings. I forgot to mention Kendrick Bourne and also Matt Breda. Both will be free agents at the end of this year. Yeah, and I was I was just gonna say I wonder when Breda's contract's up, and that's not somebody you let walk out the door. So you unless know. you draft DeAndre, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, All right. <laughs> first round. So before we continue on with the questions, uh, I need to give a shout out to our sponsors uh, that make this whole ship keep on running. Uh, and I and I say that not having any idea that it was a perfect segue into ShipStation, um, who has all your shipping needs covered when you're selling online. Getting your orders out can be a real pain. Uh, that's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter what you're selling or where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major characters, including characters, carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shopping situation for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Right now, Blue Wire, striking gold listeners, can try ShipStation free for 60 days. That's two months when you use offer code BLUE, B-L-U-E. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, and then enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. So I know that, you know, there's probably nowadays, there's probably more and more people sh- selling stuff from home. So uh, if that's if that's your deal, I've sold some stuff on eBay before. Check out uh, check out ShipStation. So also we have another one of our sponsors is Roman. Okay. Uh, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we do you use Roman? Off. Uh, do I use Roman? Yeah. No, I'm all right, man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just, just randomly throwing that in there. Yeah, Not currently, probably. but, you know, you never know. Maybe if you... Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether and excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. Okay, but with Roman, it's it's easy to talk about with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find your best treatment plan. If medication's appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. And so now we're back to the 49ers land, okay? And we're churning through your questions. 
we're already at 36 minutes though so we still need to be way faster than what we're going here i mean you guys are asking good questions so we like to talk about them but we gotta like stick to like one or two sentences here croc is that cool all right let's do it i got we'll, it we'll rapid fire this stuff okay Okay. Right. And you'll be able to answer this next one as much as I as much as I can. Richard says Richard R at RG Ramirez. Has Dante Pettis been as bad as the media has portrayed him this year? Aside from few drops, he has yet to get significant looks. Is he still the nasty route runner he is known as? Possibly a croc threat for later. <laughs> he he is the nasty route runner. I mean he he showed that on uh Sunday. He he has that. That's not going anywhere. Um, he was shaky throughout training camp. Uh, so everything that everybody was saying is, is true. He wasn't performing at the highest, at the level I think people expected him to. Uh, there was a drop-off, but he, he looks to kind of begin his confidence back. And I, I would add to that, that he looks, and this is a type of, a side of his personality I wanted to see. He looks kind of pissed off about it. You know, you know he knows because he's already gotten into it with, with a 49ers beat writer about it. Uh, he knows, and he is... He called him a fucking clown. Right, right. So he, he's <laughs> taking offense, and he knows he's all up on social media. So he knows what people are saying about him, and you could see it when he scored that game-winning touchdown, I think it was against Pittsburgh, uh, he was fired up, and I can guarantee you that was a big reason why. So yep. it's good to see him. I want to see him play with a little chip on his shoulder. I want to see him uh, you know, bully somebody for the ball at some point. I know that's not really his style, but that's you know i i feel like he's easing towards that but yes nobody exaggerated anything about pettis i was there for every single practice uh he was struggling so all right so we got el pico grande i don't know what that means but we'll see <laughs> you, you guys can tell me later uh do we know if anyone has ever done an analysis on if a qb speeding up their time to throw impacts their game in other ways i'm wondering if some of the issues we're seeing with jimmy is due to the fact that he's got like 0.5 seconds less than most other qbs uh i mean i mean that would be a pretty in-depth study what he's basically asking is you know does does having that fast of a release and getting rid of the ball that quickly impact overall performance. And I would say definitely, but I would also say that it's probably for the better more than it's for the worse. Um, be, Correct. Because, you know, you've, if you're getting the ball out that quick, you've got fast developing routes, you're hitting receivers in stride quickly. Uh, you're letting them create yards after the catch. Uh, usually there's not very many good things that can happen in football from holding on to the ball. Uh, you know, if if you're throwing a deep route, I get it, you know, five-step drop type of deal. But I would if I would be willing to bet that if there was that type of study done, uh, quarterbacks like – and I believe Jimmy Garoppolo is getting the ball out quicker than any other team in the NFL. Um, I think it would probably be a good thing more than a bad thing. Right. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, playing with two backup um, tackles. 100%. Uh, the, the 49ers are kind of shortening the game, run, run. Let's get a conversion on third down, you know, you know, five to 10 yards, keep the sticks moving. Um, so a lot of what he's doing is quick, probably not trusting the tackles as much. So I, I think that might have something, something to do with it as well. Not, not as many deep shots. Right, right, for sure. And so moving on, paratrooper at Trooper 87 uh, thoughts on possible trade targets before the deadline, basically the five W's who, what, when, where, and why. So Croc, I know you've been kind of uh, banging the drum for AJ green. So what, obviously that's the who, but um, like, what would you trade for him? And, and why would you trade for him? Uh, I, I, from whatever the comp pick would be for him, I, I think I would automatically have to give that up. 
and then which would probably I'd give be up maybe, a third or a fourth round maybe depends on what he gets from another team so right. it could be a fourth or a fifth third at the absolute max but i don't think it would get to that right see so you know i, I i'd give up a fourth in a heartbeat um here take this fourth and then i give up like a future uh uh pick depending on you know how they do the whole thing like okay if he plays this many snaps for you or whatever or you know kind of like how the Patriots did with uh, Josh Gordon when they first tra- it was like if he played a certain amount of games for them then the other team got you know a higher draft pick in the next year so yeah I'd give up a fourth this year and then uh, one of those picks where you know it, it could change depending on how much he plays right right and 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 you know what's interesting is you know AJ Green's dealt with his his injury issues, and obviously that team isn't really in a place where he could be really all that excited to play for it. So I think he'd be receptive to getting dealt and going to somewhere someone like AJ Green to the 49ers would just I mean that would light a huge fire inside of a guy like that. You know like dude, yeah. I, get to go to I don't Kyle think he Shanahan's wants to play for offense and this team that's five and zero like let's go. You know well he likes the offense. I, I heard him say that about you know Zach Taylor who who's his coach now is you know from that whole McVay Shanahan coaching tree. Um, he said he likes the offense. You know, but it was just unfortunate. He, you know, he hurt his foot um, at the beginning of training camp. So I think now he's just kind of milking a little bit, kind of like what we saw with Jalen Ramsey sitting now. Right, I, I bet you Sunday Jalen Ramsey will be playing for you know for the for the Rams. But I'm pretty sure he was able to come back. They said there was nothing really wrong with his back. Um, he just probably just didn't really want to play for them. And I think that the same thing could probably be said for uh, AJ Green, who you know his team is own five, own six, like. Play for them for what? Right. Trade Right. Yeah. To the 49ers. So that that would be – that'd be cool. And I think that, that Shanahan would even appreciate what AJ Green brings to the table. Um, okay. So we got Doug Funny at MacFlyGuy. I see we signed a wide receiver of the practice squad. Is this indication that an indication that the position needs to be looked at for an upgrade? Um, I don't think signing a practice squad player – is an indication of anything in regards to the position. If any, if it, if you're going to consider it one, they signed Deontay Burnett, uh, formerly the Jets. I would say they probably are just picking up some insurance in case of injury. Uh, you know, Debo's kind of hurting a little bit. They might feel like at some point they might need to bring one more guy up. That's really the only reason you kind of add somebody to the practice squad. If you're trying to look into it, they are, they obviously just had you know they had a spot so they filled it. You know. So it, yeah. it does, I remember him from USC too. Right. He is kind of like a poor man's uh, DD Westbrook, right? And so it's, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're preparing for anything. They they don't they don't think he's going to be make, promoted to the active roster, uh, you know. So it's 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 just kind of a you know taking the care of your p's and q's type of thing. So right. all right, moving on at Young K dot Deuce. Looking at the schedule moving forward, 8-0 seemed like a possibility, maybe even 9-0, 10-0. You know, the NFL usually doesn't work like that. It's just even games you think they should win, something goes wrong, stuff like that. Um, But looking at the schedule, right now the 49ers are 5-0. They face the the Washington Redskins next week in Washington. Um, I think the 49ers are going to be heavily favored in that game, as they should be. Uh, Already 10 points. 10 points. Right. So I I think the 49ers win that one. Uh, Then the Carolina Panthers come to town. And uh, I think the 49ers should be favored. Uh, especially with, with yeah. Kyle Allen and Allen at quarterback and what the 49ers are going to be able to bug him with. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is no joke. Uh, That's a tougher game. They is. blitz more than anybody in the right. league. So, 
you know, the 49ers going to be getting the ball quick. I think the if I had to pick somebody, I'd probably pick the 49ers in a close one. Um, and that one, just because you're at home, you always kind of favor the, if you think things are even, then favor the home team. Uh, that would put them at 7-0. Then you have the Cardinals at the Cardinals on Thursday Night Football. I think they should beat the Cardinals pretty easily. Yeah, short week, but the Cardinals are playing much better. Right. So, I, I mean, things are always weird in the division. But, again, if I had to pick somebody, I'd go with the 49ers against the Cardinals, um, who just beat their first team in the, what, Bengals? Is that who they just had their first win against? Who did they just beat? No, they just beat the Falcons. Okay, there you go. That's what I was looking for. I think they, they might have beat the Bengals the week before, maybe? Maybe. Do they have two now? Two wins now? I, I think they have two okay. wins. Okay. All right. So, let's just say they beat the, the Cardinals. Now you're at 8-0, and then you're at, you're, you've got the Seahawks on Monday Night Football at Levi's. Yeah, they beat the Bengals. Sorry. They beat the Bengals the week before. Okay, so they've got two wins now. Um. I think that's your first win where you could maybe toss it up, you know, at this, you know, bring in the Seahawks coming to town. Now the 49ers beat the Seahawks last year uh, with Nick Mullins and stuff. Now that's totally different. Situations are way different now, but eight and oh, seven and oh, eight and oh, nine and oh, you know, they're all realistic. They're not outside the realm of possibility. That's for sure. It's just the NFL is weird. Eventually, the 49ers are going to have to lose unless they put together this miracle season. We will say this. There's no – I don't think there's any game that's too big for this 49er team. But, nope. I mean, we saw with the Harbaugh team, who, which was pretty dominant, and I think this team can actually be better because offensively they're just better. Um, even with that team, you know, they they went, what, 13-3, and 12-4, you know, 11-5. You know, now those are really good Harbaugh teams. So, um, even those teams lost games. All right, moving on. Ryan Smith at Ryan Smith two eight two says, "Do you see Pettis' targets increasing much in the coming weeks?" Likewise with Debo, uh, I see Pettis' targets increasing more than Debo's. Um, it just seems like he's developing a little bit more than momentum. Although that doesn't mean that I wouldn't like to see Debo get more action. Uh, they need to feed that guy the ball way more than they're doing. But you know, it's just it's tough right now without two tackles. What do you think, Croc? Um, yeah, Pettis. I mean, you know. As long as his confidence continues to grow, I, I think Shanahan's confidence will continue to grow uh, for him as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can see that, definitely. All right, so at Chris Telhami, uh says, is Trent Taylor and Jaylor Hurd the solution at receiver? Because Shanahan said Taylor was the best offensive player in camp, so you'd expect him to boost the offense the, the moment he returns. Plus, Hurd is just a beast. Uh, true Hurd is a beast, but I wouldn't put any hopes of an offensive boost in him, especially with his inexperience. But Trent Taylor, 100%. I'm telling you, the guy was electric throughout training camp. Uh, he would add a huge element to this offense. Like we said, they're getting rid of the ball quickly anyways. Why not have a guy on your offense that can separate super quick and in short spaces? That's my take. Yeah, and yeah, I, I agree. Uh, at Simon at Simon Lees, at Simon underscore Lees, what was the adjustment Sala made after the Rams' first series to stop the run? I honestly don't know. I haven't gone back and looked at it yet. I just got too much on my plate to go back. I know, uh, I know Grant Cohn uh, kind of put together a little thread on the, on the adjustments he made. Did you see that, Krog? Did you watch it? Yeah, Grant, Grant did a really good job. Um, he can explain it better than I can. I'm really more of a back end guy, um, and a lot of what he was uh, a lot of what he was describing was front end stuff. But it had to do with slanting this way and slanting that way, and then rushing this way. But yeah, check out Grant. Uh, periscope he did a periscope on it really really good stuff um it's very detailed 
and that that should answer the question a little bit for him. Cool. So uh, we got at we got Mar- Marion Reed Jr. Um, at Belzani Butch. Um, which wide receiver is going to step up? I can't really give that one to Trent Taylor yet. If he was coming back. Like right now, I would say it's him, but we got a while before he makes his return. Uh, for now, I'm going to say it's Pettis. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm yeah. not going to include George Kittle. He's already stepped up and he's way up there and on this mountaintop by himself. Um, it, it's got to. It's got to be Pettis. And Pettis seems like he's developing a little bit of an edge. He still runs great routes. He can separate. It's just a matter of, I think Jimmy Garoppolo and him building up a little bit more of that relationship, that trust. You know, he, he dropped that ball uh, against the. Who was it? Two weeks ago, wasn't the Rams? Yeah, it was for the touchdown against the. Uh, it probably would have went for a touchdown against the Browns. Right, right, and, the, and he dropped that, and you, the camera immediately cut to Garoppolo, kind of throwing his chin strap off, and and it almost looked like he said every effing time, you know. And if that's what he said, then that really sucks because that means the relationship between him and Pettis is pretty damaged. <laughs> but he's still throwing yeah. to him, and and Pettis is making catches. Pettis was just uh, like two inches away from making a miracle touchdown catch uh, against the Rams. You know, he got pushed out of bounds. It really wasn't any fault of his own. He shouldn't. It, it looked like Jimmy was throwing that ball away, almost like a, the catch thing. But um, you know, he's he. I can. They're getting their chemistry back. So. If, if anybody's um, I, I think one guy that that's kind of stepping up and is kind of going on under the radar, under the radar, uh, Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, um, he hasn't had his number called a whole lot, but when he has, he's cut the ball. He's looked pretty good. He, he's moved the chains. Um, you know, he, he's not he's not a high target guy, but yeah, like I said, when, when his when his number is called, they throw the ball to him. He's catching it, <laughs> and he's picking up first down. He had a couple big catches in the. Uh, in the Rams game to move the chains. Right, yeah. And one of those catches was super difficult, reaching all the way basically down to the grass to snag that ball. And, and, and Bourne's got good hands. He's had some crazy drops, but those are more like focus drops. Very crazy. random. Yeah, very random. He he has extremely strong hands. Uh, I, I don't know what was going on with him in preseason, maybe pressing a little bit, just the pressure of everything. But um, he looks back to kind of a little bit more of what I expected him to be. Uh, he just, yeah, he's, he's not a high-volume guy, but I think he's kind of stepped up and been a guy where, you know, he's the 49ers' fourth receiver, and, and he, I think he fills that role very well. Right, for sure. Okay. We just can't have the other guys playing like our fourth receivers as well. I mean, you can't and have, you can't have four number four receivers. <laughs> that doesn't work. You can, yeah. you can maybe get away with four number two receivers, but <laughs> you can't get away with four number four receivers. But, um, okay, so we got Tim Stringer. Uh, why is the team signing a wide receiver to the practice squad? One of the wide receivers having a potential injury issue. I mean, Matthews is just standing there on the sideline drinking Gatorade. Um, like I said earlier, I think that's just a procedural thing. I don't think they plan on promoting him to the active roster. They do have uh, Jordan Matthews, who's been on the inactive list. So I, I don't think they have any problems at receiver. I know uh, Debo Samuel has a little bit of a, I think it's a groin uh, strain. And, you know, but he's considered day to day. They're not even sure if he's going to miss a game. So we're going to, we're going to move on that one. We got, we got Lee. Uh, I'm Lee Street. What game do you think will be Jimmy G's breakout game? Because he still hasn't had one yet this season. And you think he hasn't because Kyle scheming based off the team they are playing. Uh, I mean, it wasn't statistically a breakout game, but Jimmy Garoppolo was super good against the Steelers in a game where he was getting blitzed like crazy. He was still making all kinds of throws. The two interceptions were, were not really on him. So, I mean, that was a really good game for him. 
He was really good. He was really good against the Steelers. Right. Really, you good. just got to watch it. That's to me. That's my argument with one... everybody when it when they anybody that kind of gets down on Jimmy Garoppolo and and he'll make his boneheaded plays for sure. But I'm like, just watch the dude play. Just watch the game. Don't look at the box score. Just watch the guy play because he he has you know he has a way of doing it. Well, at one point in that game, um, outside of the two tipped interceptions, he had completed like every every other throw. So I, I think at, at some point he had. He had attempted like 14 passes and in those 14, he had the two tips. And then outside of that, the other uh, 12 passes were all completions. He, he was looking really good moving the rock. It, it just, you know, we had a bunch of unfortunate events in that game. And I, I think the bigger thing is that, hey, 49ers are still able to overcome them. Right, right. And so, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't, and I don't really necessarily think Jimmy Garoppolo needs to break out. For, they just he just needs to keep playing solid so um all right so we got jkxo should we trade for obj asap brown's already showing action in trade market there was a little rumor that they were already shopping him which just doesn't seem it, it was false right. i looked at the page it, it, it doesn't it seem false. that's that's just not how this stuff works there's no yeah. reason for the Browns to to get rid of Odell, that that's not happening. It would be crazy if the 49ers yeah, came around and then still were able to get him, but that's that's just not happening. So, all right, we got yeah. at uh, Toy Tui, Braga. It's you know his name says We the North, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> should Brita be resigned before next season, or he's a restricted free agent? So that means they can you know they can kind of tender him, but or do you think Jarek? assume his role um i think yes brita should be resigned next season the guy's just been too freaking good i think he'll be eager to resign with the 49ers uh just because it's the team that, that that signed him as an undrafted free agent it's the team that given him every opportunity to become you know basically a, a star running back so i think he's going to want to stick around and i would not be surprised at all if Jarek mckinnon is not on the team next year and if he is they're probably going to rework his contract because he's doing a lot of money not a lot of it is guaranteed. So if Jarek is around, I think they're going to rework his deal. And I definitely think they would take money uh, that they free up in that and give it to Brita. Um, you know, they're probably going to give Brita like however that tender system works with restricted free agents. They're probably going to give him the max one. You know, they they want him. So, you know, you keep Brita around. Right. Right. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, Unless I'm looking to draft DeAndre uh, Swift first. You keep Breed around, and then you still draft DeAndre Swift. Okay, I like that idea better. Uh, You just don't let a guy that runs 22 miles an hour run out the the door. Yeah, Um, it's pretty fast. Is Kasurik, the defensive line coach, Chris Kasurik, the best offensive addition to this team? Or off-season addition, excuse me. Uh, I forgot about – that's sneaky good sign. I I forgot about that. I mean, obviously it was a big deal during – uh, camp with the the front that the 49ers have and, you know, how would they adjust the wide nine and all that, man. But maybe it was a difference. I don't know, but I like it. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's close. Okay. We're going to have to start firing through these. We're at 55 minutes. So um, we'll, we'll stick like one sentence. Hopefully I don't get a talking to you from Kevin. Where do you see our wide receiver core as it is currently constructed, needing to approve the most to take the offense to the next level? Uh, just consistency. Just catch the ball. Be reliable. When he throws the ball, you're 
Get a veteran in there, AJ Green. Right. <laughs> right. Um, from KA Stockbridge. Uh, that last one was from uh, North LD Niner. Hard to read these. Uh, Cleland Shad. And this one's from Kevin Stockbridge at KA Stockbridge. Is Dante Johnson really the backup cornerback? Why? Uh, familiarity. He knows the system. They can bring it in. They don't have to teach him anything. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean he's reliable, but he's a guy they at least know they don't have to devote all this time to, to teaching him the scheme. And, and, you know, they can putting him in there. Uh, yeah, when Witherspoon's back, uh, Mosley would be that guy, right. so I, I wouldn't be too worried right. about it. Uh, okay, we got Knight of St. Christopher at Daniel49. Uh, what past 49er who isn't a Hall of Famer would you add to this 49ers team? Frank Gore, in an instant. I know the 49ers backfield's awesome, but I would, uh, he just needs to be on the team. Um, but if there's. Holland Smith, more pass rushers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If, he, if two, whew, man, could you imagine? Anyway. <laughs> Um, uh, always faithful at 49er faithful three, six, five. There have been a lot of blown coverages on the secondary. Usually these occur with my with bad communication and newer players. A few off the top of my head was miss ball and Williams interception. And then there was third and fourth down with Ward making tackle last game. Why do you think I'm not really sure what that question is? Where was, did you hear a question in there? Mm, um, no, I'm no. not really sure there. I don't think there have, it says there has been a lot of blown coverages on this secondary. I, I, Maybe he meant there hasn't. Yeah, because they've been, they've been good. There hasn't been a lot of blown coverages. Um, okay, Lance Burkhart. Do you guys see both the current wide receiver stable staying as is once Trent Taylor comes back? With the mix of wide receivers, do you expect to see out there? Meaning it's like Shani wants to keep getting Samuel the ball despite the drops and fumbles. It's his guy, and they spend a second on him. Of course you want to get the guy, the guy the ball. That's the only Samuel has dropped. I mean, uh, it's a little blown out of proportion. I mean, he dropped two. And he had the one fumble where he ran into the back of his player, but yeah, that's it. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's just a matter of opportunity and of, you don't draft a guy or even you don't put a guy in your 53 and three man roster, or at least your starting lineup to not get him the ball. It's, it's not a matter of forcing it to him. It's just, you need to get to the ball. So they become better football players. Uh, it's, it's just the way it is. You got to get them out there. Um, Okay, Coach P at D Presley. Due to the success of the run game, do you believe the Niners should reach out to a possibly uh, number one talent wide receiver, i.e. Dez Crabtree? I think he's kind of talking about what they were at one point, you know, not, not necessarily what they are now. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, Crocs already touched it. I think if there's a guy out there like an A.J. Green that could be had for a reasonable price that you think is going to make an impact this year, you know, might might get you an uh, you know, average, you know, get you another touchdown a game, absolutely. Go, go. And, and and I'm not so much saying that uh, uh, AJ Green is elite like he once was, but I do think that he's better today than what the 49ers have, and I think there that that's where the value is with him. Right, right. Um, at Chris Steven, uh, at WRB Ball Coach, uh, when Sandy comes back, comes back to school, move to right tackle or Brunskill backup. Um, if Sandy, if, if Brunskill keeps playing well. Uh, I don't. I don't think they would take him out just to push uh, school in there. I think that you you let a guy keep grooving if he's grooving. I know they kind of want school to be the 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 backup swing tackle, so maybe they want him to get some reps at right tackle. But at the same time, if Brunskill's playing well and he's earned that spot at least for the extra couple weeks until at that point where McGlinchey would get back, I don't. I don't think you mess that up. But that's just my yeah. You don't want to create like a new position for somebody and moving from left tackle to right tackle, like everything is kind of flip-flop with your footwork and everything. Maybe he's had a lot of work at right tackle. Um, I, I'm not sure, but I, I think ultimately you just go with who's playing better. 
And I, I think that's the way you decide, like, between those two. Right. Okay, so we got Day One Novice at Ed Pascasio. Uh, great young starters plus depth all over except wide receiver, maybe safety, and O-line. Judy or Delpit, um, strong safety, target-free safety, worth trading up next year. Um, Judy or Delpit, I think, are going to go, like, if I'm selling that right, Delpit, Delpit. Uh, he's, he's, yeah, the safety from yeah, LSU. I think both those guys are going, like, top five top 10 at the and i don't think the 49ers are going to be anywhere near those guys yeah uh, it, it sounds like they're going to go extremely high but yeah both very talented guys I, I wouldn't mind having them the only thing with judy is you still go through that whole thing with like young receivers again and being rookies and going through the, that learning curve and everything and that like you know regardless of who it is is that's that's something that might be difficult in this offense with kyle Shanahan. right right um, then we got another guy, since we know AJ Green can beat the hell out of Jalen Ramsey, should we pull the trigger on that trade now? And it's the video of them <laughs> fighting and where he like choked him out. Um, yeah. We've already, Grant, or not Grant, I don't want to call him Grant, sorry, buddy. Um, Eric's already already told you how he feels about that. So Crocker's on the, definitely on the AJ Green trade. What's the status of Jalen Hurd and Trent Taylor? Uh, they're both on IR. Uh, they're not due back until uh, in late November. And both of them are just kind of chilling, rehabbing. Uh, we'll see which one comes back or both come back. Um, so we got the sailor at K town cowboy. Why does Sherman give up on the out route so much? I've seen the out route open quite a bit when he's in coverage Goff and Mayfield just never went there, but it's always there to be taken. Whose fault is it that Everett was wide open with Sherman coverage? This one, this is 100% uh, Crockers. Um, but yeah, cause Mayfield hit that, hit that kind of that deep out route quite a few times. But what do you, what are you seeing on that? Crocker without with that with also knowing that we're running out of time <laughs> all right um uh, real quick I, I just think you know he's just keeping everything in front of him um he's not challenging himself as much as he possibly can um I think when he does want to challenge himself more he plays things a little bit more straight up and a little tighter but yeah I think he's just keeping things in front of him knowing the pass rush is getting there quick and the ball has to come out so he's kind of cheating a little bit that's kind of what it looks like a little bit for it, you know, in my opinion. And it's almost like he knows that the defense is capable of locking down almost at any moment because he was giving up those catches, like three or four of them, maybe even five of them to the to the Browns. And they never got in the end zone. <laughs> he, knew, he knew what he was doing. And, and so right. he was fine with giving up these 10 or 15 yarders, uh, knowing that at some point he can no longer let them have those anymore. So he's basically in two phases. Don't give up the deep ball. Okay, time to clamp down. And then that's exactly what they would do. So, you know, right. he's just – trust, Sherman's incredibly smart. So he he knows what he's doing. Um, do you think uh, – at Craig, at Sports Follower 7, do you think a hot Panthers team will give the Niners run for their money when they come to Levi's in two weeks? Top five pass rush in NFL a with a buy to prepare. Yes, absolutely. I think it would be a yeah, good game. Yeah, and I, I think the – I really like what the Panthers are doing right now. They've got a good defense. Uh, they got a lot of momentum going. They have a lot of faith in themselves. Christian McCaffrey is a freaking beast. Um, and it's, yeah, it'll be a good game. I'd actually rather see Cam Newton. I, I, I just don't think, you know, with our pass rush, I don't think he's somebody that likes to really throw on rhythm a lot. And if you don't throw on rhythm against the 49ers, um, you're probably not going to have a good game so, with the pass rush. So um, I actually really rather see Cam Newton, which I probably wouldn't have said that a year ago. Right. And uh, it's... It's interesting. We'll see. I, I don't think there's any chance Cam Newton plays. I think they're going to try and, and milk that injury, whether he's healthy or not, just to get a good evaluation of, of Allen before they you know make a drastic decision. 
But um, so we got at ASVP, uh, his name's 49ers 5-0. Perhaps how some fans think it's okay to spend crazy cap money on a potential Ramsey because it's already a discount when we're two years in. Ignoring it displaces cap for re-signing and two objects cannot occupy the same space. Or or how our offense isn't an anaconda just because Fox, uh, I don't know, man. I'm not really sure what he's asking. But I also put out a last call tweet where I, you know, basically, and we got some questions on those. We're going to fire through those. I just don't want to leave anybody off, even if that means getting chewed out for having a super long podcast. Uh, I'm doing that for you guys. People listen. To, I mean, this is an hour long. I listen to hour long podcasts know, all the time. I know. So Kevin, Kevin Jones, if you're listening to this, just, you know, and we're only once That's a week. Right. If we were like every day, I'd see like, ah, uh, yeah, we're a little long, but you know, it's once a right. week. And I'm not, right. I'm not leaving a man behind. Uh, so we're going to fire through these questions. How feasible is trading for AJ Green? Very feasible. Like uh, Croc said, if they're going to have to trade a pick, it's going to be the pick equal to what they would get in uh, a comp pick. So, you know, maybe a tad bit more fourth rounder. Maybe they get away with a fifth rounder. Um, you know, and they would be taking on a little bit of, of whatever his contract is. So, you know, it's it's super feasible if, if they feel like that will make a difference. Um, uh, Alex, uh, at a dual threat QB, is there anything the 49ers should be worried about when they face Washington? Uh, McLaurin looks really he good. Is, he's on my fantasy. And they've been hitting the deep ball with him a lot. Right. They should, And, and the, the Washington doesn't really have anybody else to threaten them with. Uh, Peterson's been okay. Adrian Peterson's been decent. Uh, I just – I they're, the 49ers should be able to handle Washington convincingly but that's when the nfl is weird there's trap games you know they usually reserve the the term trap game for good teams that lose to bad teams and now the 49ers have proven themselves to be a good team so they can be susceptible but i think the 49ers should handle them but mclaurin's worth worrying about um ap might be might be able to hit you with something every now and then but other than that they, they don't have a lot Real quick, what's up with Geis? Have you heard anything from him? I mean, I know he tore his ACL last year and he was coming back. I and I've been seeing more of I don't, Peterson. Did they put him on IR short term? I can't remember. I know he suffered kind of a knee injury. I want to say he went on IR, but I don't remember. Oh, okay. I'll look it up. Guys, I put twice. I'm, I'm off. You'll have to look it up. You can, you can. All right, go ahead. You can keep reading the question. Can I? All right. So, uh, Brad <laughs> Collins at East Coast 49ers, looking at the rest of the schedule, which games are you predicting as losses? Okay, I'm not, you know, if I had to predict losses, okay, let's just throw some out there. Um, and again, this isn't my prediction. He's just asking. Oh, real, real quick. Um, Geis has only played in one yeah. game. Uh, that was uh nine eight, so maybe that's the first game of the season. He had ten carries for eighteen yards. Yeah, that's it. and and he's yeah, and he's still dealing with that energy. Okay, so if I had to predict which ones will be losses from here on out, um, I think Seattle away, New Orleans yeah, away. Yeah, Seattle away, New Orleans away. Um, maybe one of those, but uh, Baltimore away, maybe. But I think the 49ers are a better better football team than Baltimore. Um, maybe one between. Green Bay and Seattle at home, you know, and even then we're, we're throwing these out there. We're giving, that's like three games. Like, you know what I mean? We're predicting the 49ers might lose three or four games, which is still an incredible season. So uh, they're in good shape. They're in good shape. Um, unless something changes significantly, Sam at Sackdown hammer. What's the odds of Niners trade for a wide receiver? Uh, I don't know. 30, 70. I'm not, I'm not very good. To, 
odds. Yeah, I don't I think it's like yeah. it's kind of hard to know exactly what Shanahan is thinking, but he's somebody that's a he's like a no nonsense type guy. So I think if he keeps seeing things that might be an issue, I I definitely see them pulling the trigger. And they've been no, aggressive yeah, exactly. when they wanted that's to be. They've been aggressive. So yeah, if he if he feels like the receiving group is you know an issue going in and he's like, wait a minute, like we really have a legit Super Bowl shot. We need to make a move here. I, I He would do it. He right. would do it. Uh, Hugo Medina uh, wants to know what big of it, is it that big of a difference going from Peters to Ramsey and is two picks and a fourth worth the difference? One, I don't know why, but Marcus Peters got a lot of interceptions as a rookie, maybe in his second year. I can't remember, uh, but he's super overrated. He has not been that good. Uh, yeah. I see and, and, and Ramsey is, you could not overrate him. He's one of, if not the best corner in the league. Uh, it's a huge difference. Would I have given up what they give up? No. But it, that has a lot to do with the Rams situation and what kind of shape they're in. So, um, but. Sounds like they're in a tough situation with uh, Tlaib out on IR and now the whole thing with Peters and. Peters, yeah, he he's really hit or, hit or miss, like big time. So you'll see him get the interception against the Niners, which we kind of gave it to him. But you'll see him get bombed on too, which we saw um, in back to back games against Tampa and uh, yeah, S- S- Seattle. For sure, yeah, I, I pretty much feel the same. But yes, Jalen Ramsey is a huge upgrade. Uh, Jesse Caron, Karen, um, are the Niners the best team in the NFC? Uh, no, I mean yes, right now they've earned that right now. We have the best yeah, record. Um, but I would say uh, if I had to rank the teams in the NFC, NFC I'd probably go uh, Saints, 49ers, Seahawks. That's probably where I'd be right now, I think. Um, I, I'd still say Niners. I, I don't say that with confidence. But I, and then I think I, I kind of like the Packers after the Niners. And then at the least Saints, the Packers but... are showing up with a defense these days. You know, that's that's. Where they went and spent all that money on them, those edge rushers, the Smith right, brothers. Right, So, um, Doe at DB9Deuce, do you think red zone threat like AJ Green is the missing piece to a serious Super Bowl run? Uh, he would help. He would help. He would help. Uh, uh, Christian. 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 At Christian8030, at what position is depth a concern? Um, receiver, offensive line. I think offensive line probably first. Do you think about one? I don't know. I mean, it seems like our offensive line is proven to be serviceable. Well, with I'm the saying depth. at this point, where they're playing right now, if somebody else gets hurt, you oh, know what yeah. I mean? Like, you're in trouble. But that's just not a realistic thing. to a, a team can't create enough depth to where you can churn through both your starting tackles and then another starter and not be hurting. Okay, so it's, you know, to Croc's point, it's not really a concern. They've actually been able to absorb these injuries pretty well, which is indicative of good depth. Um, you know, maybe receiver, I guess. They, they You know, but they're doing pretty well, It's which is surprising. Um, a loose 49ers question. Top tip for going to a game at Levi for the first time. Uh, this is from Brenna Burke at Almost Truth. Um, Crocs, Levi's. Uh, yeah, go one. for it. Um, park away. There's an apartment complex, like <laughs> like a little bit past the uh, practice field. Um, park down there, not in the parking lot. It, it'd take you like an hour to get it out of the parking lot after the game. You, you can park down. Um, it's about a half a mile down. Just walk to the stadium, and you can tailgate and everything, and go in the stadium, and it's a lot easier to get out after. You the know game. what's funny too is I went to WrestleMania at Levi's Stadium because uh, I was a huge wrestling fan when I was younger, and 
I, I don't really watch it anymore, but the moment WrestleMania was coming to Levi Stadium, I was like, we're doing this because I just I've always wanted to go. Um, I actually there's a Walmart down the street right when you get off the freeway. It's a neighborhood Walmart. We parked there and we just walked to the stadium. It was like half a mile. It was an easy walk. Same yeah. type of deal, same type of suggestion. Um, if you're going to use the the regular parking, what I would do is just plan on hanging out after the game. You know, plan on, you know, some, a lot of times I come back to my car and I'll barbecue up a couple dogs real quick and just hang out. Let the, let the cars leave. Don't even try to wade into that. It'll just ruin your experience. You'll get, you'll get frustrated. Um, and that's how yeah. all NFL games are. The 49ers are past the point of that being a huge mess. It's just, you know, just hang out, enjoy the experience. Um, um, Depend also depending on know what side of the stadium you're sitting on and what the weather will be. Uh, it could be cold by the time you get there. If you're in the shade, it's definitely going to be cold. But if you're in the and on the other side, that's nothing but the sun. Depending on the time of the game, it might be hot. So make sure you know that. Um, Eric at Aaronic, why would the Rams give up that for a corner? They have bigger needs. I could have seen them doing this for Trent Williams. Uh, because he's just really good, and there's not a single team in the NFL that doesn't need Jalen Ramsey. It's and they also traded for a, a guard as well, right. Corbett yeah, or something Austin like that. From the, the Rams, so they they did they they did trade for a, a lineman yeah, as well. So I I think it was still a surprise to a lot of people. I think the Rams are kind of backing themselves into a corner. Uh, this trade would have made more sense to me last year because the Rams were right there. Uh, now I feel like they're kind of f- f- uh, swimming up current. You know, I like it, it though. Kind of like the Steelers. Yeah, it's like, no, we're, we're not giving up on this season. We still want to compete. We want to catch the 49ers. We want to catch the Seahawks. Um, there's a lot of football left. There's a lot of season left. Right. So, I, yeah, I yeah. like it. And, and, I like and it. I've heard, I think it's the Seahawks general manager say, you're either competing or you're not. And they, that applies to guys in the front office. You're either competing or you're not. And so, them going out and getting a guy, the best, one of the best corners, if not the best corner in the NFL, uh, you can't really hate on a team for that the time will tell if that, if what they paid was worth it. Just like Dallas got a whole bunch of grief for trading a first rounder for Amari Cooper. And that dude has been incredible in Dallas. Uh, I know he's kind of hitting a slump right now, but like last season, the dude was just on fire and everybody was like, geez, that was a good way to spend a first rounder. So, you know, that's kind of just how it works. You got to see how it comes out. Um, when is Trey Taylor come back? We talked about that. Uh, I think it's uh, November. And he, as long as something doesn't, as long as he doesn't have any sort of a setback, he should have an immediate impact. Uh, Rene Cafis at Rene, Rene underscore Jurian. How has Jimmy improved over a five game span? Uh, shoot. I mean, in a lot of ways, I think his ability to handle pressure uh, has been incredibly good. He's always he wasn't that great last season in the first couple of games, um, but he was super good against pressure when he first showed up to the 49ers in 2017. He's been really good against pressure this season. Um, I would say that's a, a, an interesting way that he's improved. His release is getting faster, obviously, as he, as he learns to depend on that leg a little bit more. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Croc? You got any, any other Jimmy improvements? Um, I know I, I wouldn't say so much improvements. I mean, just, you know, obviously take care of the ball better. And I think some of that would just come with more experience. I, I think there's a lot of people and some of my friends w- that are fans of other teams where they say, oh, he turns the ball over. He was under the Patriots and Belichick, and he, he sat behind the best ever, and he's still making these mistakes. And it's like, you know, I, I compared it to 
um, you know, a, a race car driver, right? If if I'm sitting passenger seat in a race car drive in a, in a race car, doesn't mean that I know how to drive it, right? I, I might be able to pick this guy's brain and see what he does good and the things that he likes to do, but eventually I have to get in the driver's seat and drive for myself. And there's going to be a learning curve with that. And I think with Jimmy G, we see a lot of that where you know he has that gunslinger mentality. He has to learn. You know, when do I do it? When do I pull back a little bit? And, you know, at the end of the day, he, he's not perfect. And literally no quarterback in the NFL is perfect right now. Everybody has thrown an interception. Um, I think the more comfortable he gets, the more games he plays, he, he'll he'll be just fine. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's just now about to go into his 16th career start. Right. And, and so that'll be so, a big moment for him and just kind of knowing kind of what all of his starts have wrapped right. into kind of a season. But, you know, it's not, I'm not saying he's perfect, but I'm just it, there, there's room to improve. But. I just think that it's no different than any other quarterback that's, you know, playing in their first year worth of games. And with me, I was talking about this on KMBR yesterday. Jimmy does enough good things to make up for his bad things. He just he, – he plays well enough. He makes th- the throws that are still incredibly rare. He's got a super fast release. He can fit it into tight windows. He, he will take those chances. And every now and then that's going to bite him in the butt. But as far as I'm concerned, he shows enough great things, good things – to, to warrant the bad and the, plays. And, the, you, you yeah. and at the end of the day, he always comes through in yeah. the clutch. And the, and the, the, and the 49ers win games. Anytime the 49ers have needed him, I mean, outside of that Vikings game, but most times when the 49ers needed him to, to do something for the team, he's right. done it. Anytime they've called his number, except for that Vikings game, outside of that, every time we had a, a situation that, uh, where he had to come back against the Titans – um, that was a playoff team, playoff defense, and and he did it. Anytime he's been put in that situation, the Steelers game, he did it. Like he's always come through in the clutch. So I, I really don't understand why there's so much like doubt with this guy. He's gonna have his ups and downs. He's still learning. He hasn't played a ton of football, but it's like the things that he does well, like you said, it outweighs the bad. And more times than not, it ends with a win. And he's got that start. jawline. Stupid. He's a franchise. And he's you know got the jawline. Like, and he has like this like gray hair kind of peppered in there now. It kind yeah, of he's kind of got that like George yeah, Clooney thing going on, you know, where he's just he's just smooth yeah. as ice. But it's he's just fun to watch. Like just watch him. Yes, he makes mistakes every now and then. And Shanahan's usually the first person to back him up and or or criticize him. But you know, it's Shanahan was one hundred percent behind the interception he threw in the game. Just kind of talking about the circumstance, the context, why it all went down like that. There was a couple mistakes that resulted in that defender being right there. George Kittle should have been up contesting for that ball, not being held by the guy who was covering him. And you know, and there's just there's the minutiae of everything, and and even the greatest players have bad plays. So you can't just focus on those bad plays in order to twist this, you know, in the narrative into it being a bad player, just like you can't focus on the great plays and say this player is great, even though they're, you know, despite the bad. So it's just take it as a whole, watch the games, watch him play. Like you can see why, uh, you know, somebody as smart as Shanahan was so willing to pay this guy right out the gate. He knows he's special. And I think the marriage of Shanahan and Garoppolo is a special one. You have this guy with this, you know, this freak talent at quarterback. That's just a little untamed. And you have an offensive coordinator who, uh, probably the best in the league so the two of them working together and kind of meshing which is still happening they still don't have a ton of experience together uh i think is going to result in good things and you know i think the offense is and, and the wins have proven that and there's no reason to 
hate on Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. He's just, you know, he is what he is. And, and I think like the, the end result is what we've already said is that his good plays outweigh the bad. But uh, with that, that's a good right. thing to end on because I think we're all the way through all the questions. Uh, unless I had you muted, which uh, happens a lot. If you've uh, piped off with dumb stuff in the past, I might've have you muted. I might've not gotten your question. I also might've seen your question and it might've been very similar to one we've already asked. So uh, I don't want to throw the muted thing out there. You might not be muted, but uh, it happens. You know how Twitter is, but um, as always, we appreciate you jumping on here. We are at one hour and 20 minutes, which is quite a bit longer than any podcast Crocker and, and I have done together. But, uh, like Crocker said, we're only on this thing once a week. We decided to bite the bullet and get through all your questions. Hopefully you're still listening uh, and you appreciate that. But, and, it, and like, like I said earlier, if you are still listening, I appreciate you for, uh, for being here. Um, thanks for checking us out here at striking gold. Thanks for checking out the blue wire network. Uh, we wouldn't be able to be here doing this thing without you guys checking it out. Um, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Rob underscore louder and you can L-O-W-D-E-R and you can follow Crocker at Eric underscore Crocker, uh, C-R-O-C-K-E-R. And uh, get on there, hit us up, say what's up, say you're a listener, uh, jump on iTunes, whatever you listen on, leave us a review, be honest. I'm not even going to say make it five stars, but if you think we're worth it, throw it in there. And uh, any last words there, Croc? No, I'm good. All right, guys, uh, as always, for another week, this is Striking Gold signing off. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.